0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, where the sun seems to always shine, with a very special guest who always shines as well, a returning guest by the name of Bill Pack. Bill, welcome back to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: Hey, Mark, I'm ready to go, and thanks again for having me back on the show.
0: Well, absolutely. I should say, are you ready to release the shutter? Because we're going to be talking about the incredible photography that you do. And for you listeners that subscribe to Karja yeah and get my weekly emails. You'll see many of Bill's beautiful photographs on those emails. If you don't subscribe, please do, because if you do, you get my free filler up book. So just go to the Karja yeah website and click free book, and you'll be on the subscription list. So, Bill, you've Let's see this is your third visit here to Carjiao. We've always talked about you, your photography today we're gonna focus on an epic new book that you've put together uh with another fellow friend of ours. I'll mention it in a moment, but before we get started and we start mari I introduce you, I should say
1: what's uh, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you uh probably that I'm dyslexic, and I think that's been an interesting um part of what drew me to creating imagery because write, writing and spelling was always very difficult for me, mm-hmm. but I found that through uh, creating imagery that that was a great creative outlet for me to kind of express myself. And it, I think it was kind of the basis for the directions that I've gone with my imagery because I'll, a lot of times I'll see things that I, that aren't necessarily there and then I'm able to go through and um, figure out how to make what I saw come into um, into reality.
0: You know, this is fascinating. I have heard this from many of my creative guests here on Cars. Yeah, artists, photographers, builders, and my sister is a special ed teacher, has been for 30 plus years, and. She and I found out when my father was much, much later in, in life, at 80, that he was dyslexic. He had never told us before. And he said, when, when he told me, I said, what? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, how come I'm just learning this now? And He said, well, because I've been embarrassed about it. Because when he was a kid, he was teased by teachers and parents and his own parents because he had a difficult time reading, writing, just what you explained. And my sister said there's a fascinating book, and I need to get the title of this, that explains that for many people who are dyslexic, they have a superpower, if you will, to see, and it's what you just explained, to see things in a different way. And my father convinced me when I was a kid that he had x-ray vision. (laughs) And he did it because he would be in a restaurant, and he goes, you know what's behind the wall up there? And he'd take a napkin, and he'd sketch it. Now, he he studied architecture and engineering. Imagine doing that with dyslexia. Uh, He had a tutor that helped him that my great-grandmother got together for him. Anyway, long story short, many people, and I've heard this on the show, and you just said it yourself, with dyslexia, have a different view and vision of things than, let's say, us mere mortals have. And you're able to see things in a different way. And I think maybe nature did that for you to create that, I call it a superpower. I like my dad's x-ray vision.
1: Would you agree with that? You know, I I would, and I didn't find out about it until later in life myself. I was at a um, um, seminar for uh, Charles Schwab, who happens to be dyslexic. And as they were going through the seminar, I started realizing that that was me, that that's why I was had the difficulty in school that I had, why I was distracted a lot. What a light bulb moment that must have been. Yeah, I mean, it, it just put together a lot of things, and then I read about Richard Branson, how he has it, and that he has these awkward pauses that come up every now and then where his mind is racing, but nothing comes out, and I go, I I can relate to that. But I think that um, it does, you know, because that's the the only way that I see, I don't know how other people see it or or respond to it, and um, so I just go through with, when I see something, then I'll work with it, and then it will kind of create this emotional sense within me that okay, I got what I was what I was looking for, so um yeah, I think there's as I'm learning more about it, I'm appreciating it as a as a gift, but it was a it was a challenge for a while,
0: yeah, no doubt. i got the title of that book for my sister uh, so I can share that with you and uh yeah it's it's just a reoccurring. Comment here. And I the fact that today we understand that more back in the day, it wasn't understood. So you just thought kids were slow or couldn't keep up or whatever it might be. Right, And it created huge challenges, no doubt for you. I know for my dad and friends of mine uh, that have to have this type of a challenge. And that now we have ways to work around it, work with it and understand it better so we don't uh, create tragic situations uh, for (laughs) people, you know, and just say, oh, you're just dumb, you know, and then they start to think they're dumb and they're really not. They've got a superpower. So appreciate you sharing that. And that is why you have the eye that you have, which is so amazing behind the lens. So let me give you a proper introduction. We'll dive into this book. Bill Pack is an automotive photographer who studied at the iconic Brooks Institute of Photography in Santa Barbara, California. I know that school well. His photography is influenced by art and the strong graphic lines of automobiles with a focus pun intended, on lighting, texture, and design. His move to shooting mostly classic cars started about, well, well over a decade ago, after years of shooting a wide range of subjects commercially. And in his latest project, Bill teamed up with some, well, a past carjack guest, Dwight T. Knowlton, and some other epic people to create a book titled epic drama the winning collection of the indianapolis motor speedway museum there's over 200 pages in this project and it's a magical journey featuring the historic race cars that have run at the indy 500 we're going to learn a lot more about this but first a word from our sponsors so give them a little listen and we'll be right back Our pets are a big part of our family, and we love to take them everywhere we go. But they can be very hard on your vehicle's interiors. If you add the fall and winter weather, you'll end up with water, mud, snow, and a whole lot more that Fido tracks into your cars. Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interior from fall and winter's rough treatment in Fido's too. Canine cargo area covers are padded for your pet's comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats well-protected, and they're easy to clean. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protects from the damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, drool from permanently damaging your vehicles. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle made. And here's a special deal for you Cars yeah, listeners. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. What a deal. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you and making life a lot easier with the pets we love so much. Covercraft. American Collectors Insurance is my go-to for all my collector car needs. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowners insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with insurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866 ACI. Yeah, that's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains, here at Cars. Yeah, American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with Auto Geek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail order catalog company grew into a multi-website based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So let's talk about this and and how this came to be because there's a lineup of people at the beginning of this book, starting with uh, the captain Roger Penske, uh, who of course now owns the Indianapolis 500 raceway, an introduction by Lynn St. James. She's been on this show four times now. Acknowledgements by Joe Hale. He's the president of the museum and he's going to be a guest coming up here. And Jason Van Sickle, who's the VP of curation and of course Dwight T. Knowlton. So, how did this whole thing start? Take us back to the beginning because what a project, man.
1: Yeah, this has been, from the beginning, this has been a pleasure. It's been a long time in the works. I met Jason back in probably 2018 at the Amelia Island Concours. And it was when I first came out with my my first book, Automotive Art, and I was doing some... Um, book signings there and jason and i struck up a conversation he goes this is something that we need for the museum but it just took a period of time and for things just to kind of line up and for the right people to come into the museum to uh, make that happen then uh, joe hale came into the museum uh, probably a year year and a half ago and um, he gave me a call and he had seen my work that i did for um the Legends of Speed exhibition, which was at the Phoenix Art Museum in, in 2019. And he says, he said, this is, we, we need this type of work on this book. And they have 34 winning cars at the museum. So you go to the museum, you can see those 34 cars. And so this book featured those cars that they have in, in the museum. So we started discussion back in um, last summer. And, you know, they had different things that they had to get together on their end to make it happen. And I got a call in April of this year and he says, you know, how, if we pull the trigger, how fast can we go? And I said, well, you know, I've got a few things I got to clear off my calendar, but we can get it going pretty quick. And so that was, that was how it started. And then he Got back to me within a week and said, let's go. How soon can you be out here? Oh, <laughs> wow.
0: Now, the timeline here, you were there at the track shooting Leaning right up the Indy 500 because that always happens in May,
1: right? <laughs> it does. I started shooting the uh, 15th of April and it went through to uh, mid-May, which is just the hardest time, the most difficult time for the people there working at the museum and the ones and the restoration shop who who takes care of the cars. And um, and I knew that that was a bad time because when I did the uh, Legends of Speed book. I photographed three cars at the museum for for that book, and it was during the exact same period of time. But what's cool for me was I'm down there in the basement shooting, and I hear those cars roaring around the track <laughs> as I'm shooting and it was it's just a wonderful experience. and uh, but speaking about that that timeline, I tell you the guys at the restoration shop, Tom and poppy and and TJ and the different all the guys there, and I can't—they were just awesome. I mean, it was—they were trying to get thing, their historic cars ready for the parade, for the Indy parade. And then there's this guy down in the basement that needs, you know, a couple cars a day coming coming in, and they had to put in a few extra hours during that time that they normally would have to have to do. But they were just awesome. And uh, there's another. Uh, a guy named Dave who, cause I was, I was down in the basement by myself. I put up a, I had a um, 50 by 24 foot space that they carved out of the basement for me. And I had to ha- hang this black plastic that was like 12 foot ceilings, but I was down there by myself to move these cars. And, but Dave that worked at the museum, he would come in every time I need help. It's like, Hey Dave, we need to move a car, and he was just dropped what he was doing and came down and and d- did it right away. And you know, it's just like there's so many people behind the scenes to make this happen that could it could not have come off on the timeline that we that we had.
0: It's awesome. Now I mentioned Dwight T. Knowlton when we started this. Uh, what was Dwight's involvement with this book?
1: Well, I sent uh, Joe a couple of Dwight's books because we were talking about writers whether we have a collection of many writers or if we have one writer. And I just felt like if we're going to have all the imagery, the same, let's have the same voice through the whole book. And I've gotten to know Dwight through Instagram over the the years. And I happened to be in Phoenix at the time that Joe said, hey, let's get this going. So I called up Dwight and said, hey, can we get together and have coffee? So we got together, I said, I've got this project and uh, it's for the Indianapolis 500 Museum. And I said, would you be interested in writing? And he was like, absolutely. And his schedule was just slammed. And so for him to be able to fit this in was just, it was just amazing. And so he went through and researched, oh my goodness. I went over to his office and he had over 20 some books uh for research on the, on the 500 and all the different cars and he'd go through and just try and find the most interesting little stories that he could about each of the cars that went beyond just the facts and figures you know that that you would get on the cars and so he just did a wonderful job pulling that that together on an inc- insane timeline so it's just how how we got that done that amount of time. It's especially from somebody who has difficulty writing. That <laughs> that's a that's a marvel to me. Yeah. Well, and, well
0: Dwight's always slammed. I that's his whole lifestyle. Yep. I mean, that guy is doing so <laughs> many things. He's done some awesome books. And uh we'll be having him on the show uh coming up here probably in the next week or two to talk about his side of this. You know, I always ask my guests about what I call our driving inspirations. How much of being down in that basement and around that history add a tremendous amount of inspiration to this project for you?
1: Quite a bit. And, and it developed over the time that I was there because I was, I was there for over 30 days. And I think in that 30 days. Did you just, I, did you just sleep down there? <laughs> almost. Joe, Joe asked if I needed a cot down there. And uh, I think there were two days that I just said, OK, I got I got to take a break for a little bit. But, um, uh, yeah, it was there were moments where I'd be sitting and going through the images on my iPad as they'd come up and I'd kind of look up and my light would be shining on part of the car. And you would just kind of have that moment where all of a sudden you just look where I am and look what's in front of me <laughs> and look right. what I'm doing and look at the, you know, that history of the people that were involved In those cars, because each one of those cars had a massive amount of people around it to get it to the point where it not only just got on qualified for the 500, but then to win. And, you know, just looking at the innovation over the over the different years as as things would change. Um, it, it was just fascinating, and I'd look at some of the steering wheels on some of the older cars, and there'd be initials of all these people on there, and some of them were the drivers and some of them were the other um, team members who who brought this together so it it was it was pretty magical and um you know sometimes you just sit there and look at the car before I even get you know started working on it because it was just. There's some of them are just like jewelry, like the 1928 Miller Special. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it's just the whole car is like jewelry, and those Millers are just they're just awesome.
0: A lot of pinch me moments.
1: Yes, yes.
0: We'll take a very short break here with some more sponsors. We come back. I want to talk about what the biggest challenge was with this project. I know it had a lot of challenges, uh, so keep that thought in mind. Keep buckled up. The Indy 500 with Bill Pack talking about his amazing new book. We'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars yeah? for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings plus they'll even throw in a free linkage hat how cool is that the publisher of linkage is don Osborne. he's been a guest multiple times here on shot yeah? he's become a good friend of mine and i'll tell you linkage magazine is one of those newer magazines that That you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to LinkageMag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, and their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs, and they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM of Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors, and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles, skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So Bill, uh, I always ask my guests about challenges. When you take on a project like this, this big, with all the moving parts, (laughs) more puns here, but there are lots of moving parts on cars, and then you add your creativity, your view, your vision of how this thing came together. If you had to pick one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome with this project, what would it be?
1: Oh my, there's there, there were a, there were a few on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, no kidding. Probably the timeline was uh, or the biggest challenge that came up because Joe came to me and he says, look, I don't want a typical car book. I want an art book basically that subject matter are cars and so which was right right up my line but then getting the team members together to to pull that together and that's why Dwight came first of mind for the doing the writing and then um, uh, Lionel Ferrara who did the design work I mean you know it, to me that was there was no that that was the best person to to do that. And he elevated this book to, to a new level. And so, but the timeline is just, it's like, okay, I have my timeline for uh, accomplishing all of the imagery in a certain amount of time so that I can get it to Lionel so that he can get it to the printer so that it can get back here at the... Uh, first of December so that it can be ready for the book launch which was already scheduled before we <laughs> got fi- almost finished with the shooting and then the timeline on me was going through each of these cars not rushing it to the point to where it was kind of a formula was, would develop to where, okay, do this and this and this with the cars, and we go on to the next. But to still be able to take the time to look at the car, watch how the light was re, uh, responding. Some of the cars, I, I say, are, were a little bit more shy than others in revealing those interesting parts of it. <laughs> I like the way you said that. <laughs> a little shy. This one's a little shy. <laughs> but eventually would we, would... Find it. And and that you just have to have the time to to do it and still be willing to say, okay, not every shot is going to be perfect. I I still allow myself time to epically fail on an image as I go through (laughs) it. But it's from that that. Something else would show up and would learn from it, and and each car really had its own personality as you'd go through and work with the light on it, and it was it, that was that was a really interesting thing to to see, and especially shooting from day to day to day to day, you kind of get that you got that feel and that sense of the kind of the personalities of of the different cars, but being able to work under the, the pressure of the timeline, but not um, sacrifice um, the quality and what I wanted to accomplish out of it was the was the biggest challenge.
0: Well, I can see, you know. For you listeners that may not be familiar with Bill's photography, again, if you, you subscribe to my emails, I use his images many times in my weekly emails, but this book really is what, you know, we talk about coffee table books, and sometimes that diminishes what some of these wonderful books really are, and in this case, that's that's the way it is. Now, y- you guys designed something unique into this book, and that is an open spine, so that when the book lays open, because some of these have crossover images on the left and right pages, the book lays flat and I've seen very few books. I think I have over eight, 900 books in my library. Now I've interviewed so many people who create books, but I think I only have two like this. Yours will be the third. I believe what was the decision process to do that? Because sometimes people look at that and they go, what happened? What happened to the spine? (laughs) They left it off. I must've gotten a prototype book or something.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, We originally did this with um, the first book that I my automotive art book.
0: Yeah, see that's the other one I have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you're you're the (laughs) spine. Dare I say, are you the spineless guy? No, you're not the spineless guy.
1: (laughs) And when Lionel first proposed it to me, I was I was not sure about it because it tend, I thought it could tend to look unfinished or a little bit messy. But after he Got it to me, and I learned to trust Lionel and his and his um, design elements on this. I really have fallen in, in love with it as a design piece because you can see the red stitching going through, and then that plays out through the book. And, and it brings a tactile quality to it that you wouldn't get with a, a closed spine.
0: Yeah, it makes it look handmade, which is yeah. what these cars are.
1: Exactly. So it adds a different texture when you touch it when you hold it and then when it opens up it uh, you know the benefit from that is it does lay flat so how that came about and uh joe saw that from from um my book and wanted to to carry that through because it it was just it added something that kind of set it apart from different books it kind of made you look at it and um um you know because i what I love about Lionel's work is as you're going through it and you, t- you hold it and you touch it and you view it, there's qualities in it that you don't understand why you feel this way, but you really like it. You like it in your hands and you like the way that the, it's laid out, but you don't, you don't look at one little element and say, oh, that's it. It's just like the combination of all those things that elevate the whole uh, book that um is just is where Lionel just excels and yeah
0: it's it's a it's marvelous our friends that are into cars like us and our friends they're always the hardest to buy gifts for and this is one of those things that is the perfect gift for the car person because as i sit and go through it you could spend A lot of time on every single page getting into the details, which is interesting with your photography because there's a lot of use. It's all about light, dark and light. But the way you focused in on the different pieces, if you take your time, as I take my time viewing this book, you can really get into some of the minutia that you might skip over if you just looked at a car picture like many books are. And that's what I appreciate about what you're doing, which leads me to the next question, which... I think you have some answers for me here, and that is special vehicle stories. I asked all my guests about one special vehicle. Of course, today we're going to focus on the cars you got to spend 30 days with. And I understand there are probably two that really stood out for you?
1: Yes. And, you know, it's like I look at all this imagery and it's like, okay, pick what is your favorite. And it's impossible. It's hard because each one of them brought out special moments as I was going through and photographing it. But the, the, um, the 19, the winner of the 1939 and 1940, um, 500, which is the Boyle special Maserati, it, it's just, it was just a stunning car to sit there and look at. And the, and we touched on the 1928 Miller uh, a little earlier that, pieces just like rolling jewelry it's just it's just beautiful to look at but the um the bellinger the the car that we first start out with i mean it just had beautiful elements and lines and you know it's kind of hard to say which ones were were my favorite but the maserati and the miller i'm just kind of have a just kind of partial to to those two specifically but i wouldn't there's not a car that there that I would say, "Oh, I could have d- been okay without photographing that one i mean they they all they all brought something unique and there's um you know special moments with each of them.
0: yeah, I used to art direct and design a lot of graphic pieces and catalog covers, and I would spend a lot of time with different cars and hundreds and hundreds of cars, and we got to shoot two Millers one year. we ended up using them for Christmas catalog covers and you're right those cars what's amazing about those to me is they're they're jewel-like exactly what you said I've said about them but they're beautiful in their simplicity Mm -hmm. you know that it's almost the less is more Mies van der Rohe style technique of just pull things away until it's perfect keep taking things away until it's perfect uh but then you get into an 8c mozzie and oh my gosh that's you know another level um it's really, really beautiful what you've done. I mean, it just uh, actually gives, gives my skin tingles just thinking about it, which only <laughs> car people would figure out. Others are looking and going, something wrong with you? Now, I'm going to tie what you got to experience with these cars into my typical kind of mindset question, and that is if you were reincarnated, manifest as one of the cars you shot. Now, it's not because it's your favorite car. It's the car that just kind of, fits who you are as a person, which car would that be?
1: Wow, that's a
0: <laughs> that's a tough one. That, yeah, a little psychology a... going on here.
1: <laughs> you know, it probably would be the Bellinger and I think it's more about the story that's behind it.
0: Oh, okay. Tell us the story.
1: Because that was the the first car that came in that that looked at the track Differently, everybody else was looking for the shortest way around the track, think, thinking that that was the fastest. So the Bellager changed the line and went to the outside line, and then would drop down really quickly into the um, into into the turns, and then go back up to and created the out outside line, which is you know is is still how it's done today. So it's. It's more of just looking at something that everybody else is looking at and just seeing it a bit differently.
0: That was 1951.
1: That is correct.
0: Yeah. You know, I think part of it, you look at that car, kind of, you know, uh, you almost think of the dirt track racers.
1: Right, right. And a lot of those came from there. Yeah.
0: How they came, how they went through the corners. They drift high and then dive in. And you think of the Indy 500 now, everybody follows. Well, even for many years, follows the same path because they talk about you don't want to get out on the marbles or the slick part of the track. That was pretty daring. Yes, it was. Yeah, which I think that fits you, Bill, because your photography, in my mind, is out there in a great way. It's daring in a way. It's not the usual approach to what you're viewing. And that's why I love what you do so much. So nice answer to that. That kind of well, that kind of worked out pretty well. Now, I want to get back to the people involved that made this whole project come to fruition. Uh, you mentioned the restoration crew, the museum staff, um, all the different people involved. Uh, just another quick shout out to these folks, because you kind of pulled this off by yourself, even though probably sometimes you felt kind of lonely down there in the basement shooting and photography can be that way. Did you have an assistant with all this or are you down there really by yourself and you had to call up and say, okay, I need help. Um, I was
1: down there by myself on this one. The first time I was at the museum uh, with the legends of speed project, I didn't touch any of the cars. They had people down there that moved everything for me. So I just assumed it was going to be that way as we got into this, but I uh, learned quickly when they, came down and dropped the car off that um, I was on my own. Wow. So i uh, got a well, wonderful you built workout. That,
0: you built that trust.
1: <laughs> yeah. And a good workout. Those cars are heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and some, some roll a little easier than others. But yes, I mean, there's, there's so many people at, at the museum, like uh, Marty at the front desk. I mean, just anything I needed, she took care of. And um, uh, a woman named Harriet, who took me on a very extensive um, um guided tour of the, of the 500 and then Joe and his whole s- staff with Jason and Kara just were, they were just absolute pleasure to work with anything that was needed. They took care of and just accommodated, um, everything so that this, this could happen and, and without, uh, their, their help and the trust in me to just let me do what I needed to do. And, it it just was a pleasurable experience.
0: Well, when you go back to when this whole project was first a sparkle in an eye, Roger Penske didn't own the track.
1: No, and he did not.
0: Now he does, and you know, that guy, everything he touches, uh goes to a whole not- an entirely different level of perfection, uh, the captain as they call him. So that adds another element. And I would assume much of the staff there at the track is very excited about the new ownership and what's going to be happening over the years. Um it's pretty, pretty amazing.
1: And Mark, there's one other person I'd like to mention, and that's the patron for the museum, Marilyn Sexton. She is very generous in being able to allow this book to be able to come into existence.
0: I always ask about great books here. Of course, today we're going to focus on this book, Epic Drama, the winning collection of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. Is the book currently available or when will it be available so people can start ordering?
1: uh December 8th is the is when the book will be launched and so uh th- and that'll be sold through the museum at the uh Indy Motorsports Speedway Museum .org I believe so we'll will have I'll get you that um that link to that
0: yeah I'll put links on uh Bill's show notes page and I'll be promoting this as well uh also on uh, my weekly emails if you're a subscriber but uh again this is this is the quintessential quintessential. That's a tough word to say. Qu- try to spell it. I don't think I could spell it. Quintessential g- holiday gift for your car buddies, and it's one of those that they will cherish for the rest of their lives for sure. Now, the ultimate drive is an obvious question. I do with everybody here. I enable them to jump into any car. So I'm going to twist this up to what your experience was. I'm going to put you in the seat of any car you shot, and you can take a few laps around the Indy 500. Which car is it going to be?
1: Yeah. You know, oh man, I think it might have to be that Miller. Oh. Just just to experience the 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 feel of that and and going around. I mean, there was amazing cars there, but that's the one I'd like to go around with.
0: You know. Yeah. Now that would have been early '30s. I think the Millers were running there. This was '28. Uh, oh, '28. Even earlier than that. Okay. Wow. Cool. You know, I often wonder. Do you think about? The, uh, okay, that was the Miller special, right? Yes. Because there's mm-hmm. another Miller in this book, the Miller Hearts special. So yes. you had a couple Millers. here. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That stood out because it was 32. That was the year my dad was born. So that always mm. kind of stands mm-hmm. out for me. But 28. But I didn't get to, when I got to hang out with the Millers, I got to sit in them. I didn't get to drive them. But uh, yeah, you wonder what that's like. And then you stop and think about those daring young men that did that. <laughs> I mean, incredible, right? I mean, just incredible.
1: Yes, and you know safety features uh, no. zero.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I mean yeah, it's uh, it's hard to imagine. And even up until geez, even the fifties and sixties, those cars were just scary, dangerous cars. Nowadays, it seems like no matter what happens you're pretty darn safe, which is mind boggling considering speeds of 250 miles an hour plus. So, But the Miller would be pretty cool, and you wouldn't have to go 10 tenths. I think just kind of cruise around and put your (laughs) leather helmet on and and have a little bit of fun. You know, you've taken us on a wonderful journey with this book, and I'm I'm so excited for this project for you. You do so many unique things. I'll put a link to Bill's uh, website because there's so much more than I don't dare call it simple photography because great photography is not simple, but you have some very unique, creative things that you're going on. That's what I like about you, Bill. You're always thinking ahead and being innovative. Is there something that you can leave us with today that are maybe some inspirational thoughts that you garnered after this uh, incredible project?
1: Yeah. You know, no matter how long you've been into a career or uh, been involved in something, you know, just don't ever give up the, the freedom to fail because that's that's where so much innovation comes from and all of these cars are examples of that and um because before they got the winning cars there were there were failures that preceded them and um if if you get to that point where you don't allow the freedom to fail innovation just kind of comes to a halt and creativity comes to a halt and becomes stagnant
0: you know it's a wonderful quote that relates so well to life, but to racing. And yeah, I mean, you've got to be innovative. And, and this collection of vehicles, every one of them has a story of innovation that your team put together so well. Dwight, in the way he wrote the tone and the narrative here, the photography and all the people involved are wonderful. Uh, I'd encourage all of you to get your hands on this book. Also, you can find out about more about Bill by going to his website, which is v 12 Enterprises.com, correct? That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Links to that on his show notes page, but you can also just Google Bill Pack Photography and V12 Automotive Fine Art. V12 Enterprises will pop right up. Uh, You'll be there for a while, so grab a nice drink because there's a lot of eye candy on that website. Bill, hey, thanks for coming back, spending some time with me. This is such a delight. Congratulations pulling this whole thing off. Uh, It's going to be a wonderful Wonderful holiday season for many people when they unwrap this thing and put a big smile on their face.
1: Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. It's been a pleasure and um, just appreciate what you do with um, for the automotive enthusiast here and always learn new things from your podcast. So thank you.
0: Well, thanks. That means the world. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah!